Welcome to the Real Live Faith Podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Janice. Life is a parable. All of creation points to God the Creator. We're going to be talking about how we see this in action in our everyday lives and how we use our good days and our mess-ups to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We don't know in what season of life you find yourself currently, but let this be a season of new life and growth. Join us as we talk about having real faith in real life. There are three words that seem to bring panic to families with young children. Family, devotion, time. You know, family devotion time is something that we are encouraged to do by our churches, our pastors, and even the Bible. You know, we're to raise up our kids to know God's word. Psalm 78, 1 through 8, speaks of the importance of making sure our kids know the Lord and his ways and his word and commandments as well as his promises. And Proverbs 22, 6 is that all too familiar verse, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So if we know that we're to teach our children about God's word, then why does the thought of doing it induce panic? Well, I think one reason is because we overcomplicate the idea. You know, we, we want a handbook that tells us what family devotion time looks like and what it must include and what books that we're supposed to use when really what's important is that we just spend that time with our kids, opening the Bible, reading it together, and talking about it. It's as simple as Deuteronomy eleven nineteen: Teach them to your sons, talking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you rise up. You know, family devotion time does not necessarily have to be this appointed time and location. It's more of a lifestyle. It's a continual conversation with your kids about God's word. You know, and for many families, life is just really complicated. We have school, we have work schedules, there's extracurricular activities, there's school sports. And so in those busy circumstances, actually setting aside time to gather your family together for devotion is a good way to hold accountability. You know, but I think sometimes stressing about the details of devotion time can actually place stumbling blocks in front of struggling parents and families. And so what one family's schedule and life looks like day by day and week by week may be drastically different for another family. You know, some moms or dads stay home. Others work full time. There's tons of single parent families as well as children being raised by their grandparents. And so family devotion time is not really a one size fits all concept. The important thing is that God's word is on your heart and that his word is taught diligently to our children. That's Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 9 that tells us about that. And the details of how that is lived out is really up to us. You know, family devotion time does not have to be this picture perfect, wrapped up neatly in a bow with quiet, submissive children gathered quietly at the foot of Pa while he reads from the Bible, right? Sorry for the sarcasm, but I just think it's so important to know that family devotion time is not always a magazine picture. You know, maybe you gather at the dinner table one night each week with your family. Maybe you uh, read a devotional book together each night before bed. Maybe you connect with your busy teens and devotion time via a Bible app. Maybe you go through a book of the Bible together. It doesn't matter what you choose. Just get in the practice of teaching God's word to your family talking about his word, who he is in character and attributes any time the opportunity arises. You know, and those discussions and teachings can even be carried out on a nature walk with your little ones as you examine God's creation or in the car ride to or from school as you discuss certain topics. It can even happen during breakfast or even bath time. 
You know, for older kids, maybe the teaching comes while fishing or cooking or doing yard work. And so busyness in our schedules and our lives should really not be a valid excuse as to why we don't teach our kids about the Lord. It's a commandment, which means it's important to God. So it should be important to us and we should respond in obedience. And one thing to remember for family devotion time is that consistency is key. You want your kids to be able to know that at some point during the day, we're going to read the word. We're going to talk about the Lord. They're going to test you and see if you're going to keep up with it. You know, I remember when we used to go camping or on vacation, my parents would have a Bible verse planned that we would look at or a book of the Bible that we would read through as a family. And it was kind of a test in me and my brother's minds, you know, would we read tonight? Are we going to sit down and do what you said we're going to do? And so your kids are going to pay attention to what you do as a parent. They're going to look at you and say, well, do we read the Bible every night? And if so, that's something that they're going to learn to look forward to. It's a portion of the day where all of the family gets together and they can say, well, we talked about the Bible today. It's kind of like wearing a seatbelt. You know, if, if you train them up young to put your seatbelt on as soon as we get in the car, you know, before I put the key in, you put your seatbelt on. They're going to know that that's coming and they're going to learn it and do it consistently on their own. They won't have to be reminded. Pretty soon they're going to sit down with their Bible open because they know it's time. I think one reason it's so important to stay in a continual conversation with our families about God and his word is because it is easy to forget. You know, when we forget his word and who he is, we make ourselves a prime target for attacks from the enemy. The enemy sees us as easy prey and he attempts to weaken our faith, kind of like Eve when she was tempted by the serpent. You know, the enemy is going to seek to confuse and cast doubt of who God is and what our purpose is and how to look at our culture and our world through his word and his eyes. And so if we don't teach our kids who God is and what the Bible says, then the world is going to teach them who he is not. And so we really need to prepare them for this battle that they will face. We need to lay a foundation for them. Deuteronomy 4.9 tells us, Be on guard and diligently watch yourselves, so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen, and so that they do not slip from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and grandchildren. I kind of like how that verse at the end, it says, Teach them to your children, meaning it's the parents' job to teach their own kids about the Lord and his word and pass it on to the next generation. You know, it's not the church's job to foster that sense of biblical knowledge and, and discipleship into our children. It's our job. The church is only going to nurture what we establish here at home. They're just going to facilitate the work that you do with your own kids. You know, Sunday school and VBS and church camp are kind of like supplements to your kids' daily lives in the Word. So when you read the Bible and talk about the Lord at home, that's going to be nurtured and fostered when they go to church and receive the word there. There are so many benefits to this time that we spend with our children learning and talking about the Lord and his word. You know, their, their knowledge about the Lord and his word are going to increase. You know, our relationship with them is going to be kindled and even their salvation can result. You know, I remember when we first started having family devotion time and going through the Bible, uh, the result was that both of our kids received salvation. You know, their mind is being open to God's word. Their heart is being made sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the soil of their heart is being cultivated. 
while the seeds are being planted and others are being watered. And so fruit is surely to come. You know, God tells us in Isaiah 55, 11, that his word, which goes out, will not return empty without accomplishing what he desires and purposed. And so it may not look like there's fruit coming from the, the time that you spend planting seeds for the Lord, but we don't know the work the Lord is doing in our kids through our step of obedience, you know, let alone the fruit the Lord does in our own heart and life. And so ultimately, this time that we spend instructing our kids and talking about the Lord is a step of discipleship. You know, we are living life with them day in and day out, and we're showing them who the Lord is, what his word says, how to apply his truths to our life. And as they read God's word and they talk about it with us, they're able to ask questions and receive wisdom and understanding. And so by making this time available to our kids, it's cultivating a safe place for them to ask questions about life and the Lord and how his word affects them. So, you know, trust is also being established and their love of learning about God and his word is fostered. Yeah, and another thing is you don't know what it's preparing your kids for in the future. You know, they may be asked in Sunday school class to say a prayer, to open the class or close the class in prayer. And how are they going to know how to pray out loud in a large group if they don't practice that? And a way to practice that is at home. And so you are teaching them at home how to talk to the Lord out loud and that will prepare them and make them more comfortable for when they have to do it in public. And earlier you mentioned that this is a step of discipleship within the family and so one thing to consider is that I personally have been asked multiple times who has discipled me? Have I been discipled? And my answer is yes and that I've been discipled by my parents. How many other kids are able to say the same thing? Can they say, my mom is my accountability partner, or both of my parents discipled me at a young age, and so that's how I've come to know the Lord? Do you want them to be able to say that, or, or will they have to say at some point that um, someone else was the one who discipled them and poured the Lord into them? Not that that's a bad thing. You know, other people have large influences on me as well, other than my parents. But the important thing to remember is the verse from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, telling us to teach your children and your grandchildren. So it's the parents' job to teach and disciple their own kids. That is a good reminder. And you know, it's, sometimes it's not something that comes naturally. You know, for us, we didn't just uh, get married, have kids, and then automatically and immediately decide, oh, we need to disciple our kids. You know, about the time our kids were 9 and 13 years old, we started going through books of the Bible together. We started in the book of Matthew reading one chapter a night, Monday through Friday. And we took Saturdays and Sundays off because Saturdays were spent as a family helping with an outreach ministry uh, where the gospel was preached. And Sundays was spent worshiping with our church family. And so we kept our family devotion time through the week each night, you know, after bath time, but before bed. And we would just gather in a circle on the floor of the living room with our Bibles opened. And we just took turns reading the verses and stopping along the way to discuss God's word and help our kids have that biblical understanding. You know, at some points we even use sets of commentaries to help us prepare for and guide our devotions. But we kept the instruction and the conversation at a level that our kids could understand and grasp mentally. You know, some chapters in the Bible were longer than others. And so even then, you know, we would have to spread those over two nights of devotion time. 
you know, we tried to pay attention to, you know, signs of boredom and confusion and tiredness. You know, it wasn't supposed to be drudgery. You know, we wanted our kids to enjoy our time together reading God's word, but we didn't want to overwhelm them or cause them to resent what we were doing or have bitterness towards, you know, God's word or devotion time. We, we tried, we really did try to be respectful of their age, you know, physically, mentally, and just adapt their learning of the books of the Bible. Yeah, you know, and my brother and I, we were 9 and 13, so it, it seems like a long time ago, but as kids, you know, we, we probably didn't really like it at first. We probably weren't all that thrilled about having to sit down and be quiet and listen. You know, it probably seemed like school a little bit, and not all kids are going to be just excited to sit down and learn about the Bible, but one thing to remember is that you can change it up and still be consistent. So one thing that I remember we did was we would study different things through Christmas and Easter. You know, if Christmas was coming up, we would do an Advent devotional and study different verses through the Christmas story and, you know, pick the chocolate out of the little windows. And that was something different. It was something other other than our usual devotion time to look forward to. And the same thing for Easter. You know, you go through the, the crucifixion and Christ's resurrection and we made, you know, resurrection cookies and there's all, all kinds of fun activities and things that you can incorporate into devotion time to make it more exciting for your kids so that so that it doesn't seem like drudgery. It doesn't always have to be reading from a passage of scripture. You can change it up even by just spending time in prayer, having a quiet time together as a family, praying for each other. I remember one time we took a break to pray over each other. We would spend, you know, one night a week praying for dad and for mom and for me and for my brother and that was something different that we could look forward to. So although they may not look forward to it at first, you can make it exciting and different for them so that that's something that they can be a part of and participate in as a family. That's right. You know, and just like I mentioned earlier, your family devotion time doesn't have to look like everyone else's. You know, you do you, right? There are so many ideas and ways that you can incorporate family devotion time and, you know, it's going to look different for your family than someone else's. You know, you can pick a book of the Bible and read through it like we did. You can discuss and ask questions and whatever your kids are able to handle, whatever their learning level is, you know, whatever their maturity level is. When our kids were really little, um, before we started going through books of the Bible, you know, when they were toddlers and, and really little, we just used a children's Bible book. Even, you know, our church had curriculum that we could get from the children's ministry and we could go through things like that that were just really short, almost story-like for them instead of opening the Bible, because sometimes just opening the Bible is a little overwhelming, depending on how old your kids are. But really, you know, no expense is needed. You can use free online commentary. There's great resources. Focus on the family, Blue Letter Bible. There's all kinds of things that you can find that are free that you don't have to go and spend a lot of money on to pull off family devotion time with your kids. If your kids are school-aged, you could even uh, study a specific missionary each night you know, or you could study the old hymns that are sung in church. There's just so many options and ideas. And, you know, I just really want you to know that it does not always have to be inside the box. It doesn't always have to be traditional. You know, if your kids are older, ask them for input on what they'd like to learn more about or if they have a favorite Bible person they want to read about. Yeah, that's really important. I like that you said that you can tailor it to their age level or their ability to understand so I remember one time we had gone to church as a family and in my youth group I had learned about a passage in Revelation that I found really intriguing at, you know, 13, 14 years old. And when I got home I was super excited about it and my mom offered me to 
teach the lesson, the, the sermon, back to the family. And that was super beneficial to me. I had taken notes and I had, you know, basically memorized the scripture and I taught it back and that was ingraining it into my mind. Have you ever heard that if you listen to something, you know, you write it down so many times and then you say it out loud and it commits it to memory? And in a way that's true because after listening to the sermon and writing down the notes and then teaching it back to my family, I was able to recall basically the whole lesson when someone else had asked me about it. I was talking to a cousin and the topic of Revelation came up and I was able to re-deliver the sermon to her and we were able to talk about the Bible together based on what I had learned and what I had taught back to my family. So it's super important to make sure that you can tailor or you know customize the lesson or the family time to your child's age and so that, that way it's more impactful to them. Now, if you memorize scripture with your little ones, that may not be as impactful as rehashing something that your teenagers may have learned. So as a parent, what are some ways that you can start the process of discipleship with your own kids so that your child can say, my parents discipled me, we talked about the Bible together. If you have not placed your faith in Christ, why wait? Seek him and call on his name for salvation. Confess that you are a sinner and repent of your sin. Surrender to Jesus today and place your trust in Him as Savior and Lord of your life. Thanks for listening to the Real Life Faith Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share us with others so they too can learn about living out real faith in real life. You can check out our blog and shop at reallifefaith.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Gab Social. Don't forget to sign up for our emails to receive exclusive subscriber content. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.